0: Previously on my best friend's journal. There was a neighborhood boy for years and years. We used to hook up. He like lived on a little farm. And so I'd always tell my mom we were going over there to do like, like, you know, farm work. To plow? I got to go ho roll, mom. I'll be back. <laughs> I had no idea when it was happening that I was pretty much growing up in like a very porny situation. That's
1: hot. And
0: also I was so deeply closeted myself and so ashamed of it that like it would happen all the time and then directly afterwards i would be like in my bed praying i'm actually
1: pretty disenchanted with christmas i used to love 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 it and then um some events happened and i'm over it (laughs) cheers to you dad (laughs) i will say i had a
0: couple really shitty christmases because of bad family stuff over a few years um but i've come back around on christmas
1: traveling puts you in the right perspective to see the world that's more beautiful but
0: there are some places uh like deep red states (laughs) where uh i i feel like there is a rainbow target on my back growing up in in very conservative midwest country there's a lot of that you know that um, i don't feel living in los angeles i don't feel when i'm traveling in cities
1: one of my really good friends from high school, a straight boy, and he messaged me out of the blue and was just like, I've been listening to your podcast. It's really great. Keep it up. And I was like, oh my God, it was so special because I had a huge, huge, huge crush on this guy. Sometimes I get it when I'm lifting weights. I can keep pushing this weight because it almost feels good, like deep in my body. I need you to stop being one of those people who gets orgasms from exercise. <laughs> so all of a sudden people thought Vanessa was this person I was making up to get out of things. <laughs> Five years ago,
0: he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts let aloud, how does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote, this shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred, I'm haunted by my past. It's called My Best Friend's Journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite, favorite podcast. podcast. Yes, and? The world's greatest podcast. Figure out. Oprah's favorite
1: podcast. Hello. McClunch, hello. Huh? Um... We used to joke about that on my ship. Um, A lot of people saying hello. There's a lot of versions of hello. And uh, DJ Matt used to say really nasty slang for vaginas, and one of them was clunge. So we'd say, hello, my clunge, hello. I thought you said Michelangelo. (laughs) My
0: clunge, hello. (laughs) Where did the word clunge come from?
1: It's an urban dictionary.
0: Yeah, let's make sure that's not super offensive.
1: (laughs) Better than... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> clunge noun uk vulgar slang chiefly on the internet vagina <laughs> okay was dj
0: matt uk-ish
1: he's british yeah he's like he's like a modern austin powers <laughs> i don't know what that means vagina well oh well known from the in-betweeners do you ever watch the in no it's great it's so fucking funny okay Although it's, Michaela and I have seen it like three times together and a couple times with kick as well, and it's like, I'm shocked we love it. It's so offensive and so like misogynistic and vulgar, but I think, I think what is nice about it is that they are um, not glorified. They are losers. Okay. So like, that's why it's funny. They're not like, it's not like Mad Men where he's a glorified asshole.
0: I'm really upset by the word clunge. Well, we're like 30 seconds in. So here we are. Welcome to my best friend's journal. This is a podcast about journaling and also gay things. Mm -hmm. i'm cam that's mike and i guess i'm doing this myself today because he's just smiling just
1: talk bitch i'm mike i can introduce myself let me Mm -hmm. do i'm a big boy (laughs) (laughs) how are you hi i'm good it's no i was gonna say it's fall but we talk about fall so fucking much so no (laughs) the
0: windows are open there's breeze coming through you're back I'm
1: back. You were gone again. Surprise, surprise. you are not.
0: I don't have to get on another plane until November, until Thanksgiving weekend. I'm so excited to sit still for a little bit.
1: That's exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're still going to drive a few places, but (laughs) at least I don't have to fly anywhere. I I was in the Midwest visiting family for the past few days. Um, It was a really good trip, I will say. Um, It was complicated as it always is. Um, (laughs) The best part about going home is that I get to see... Like my three best girlfriends, I love those women so much. Um, I also spend a fair amount of time with my family, which is both wonderful and incredibly complicated. And as such, it is very exhausting. <laughs> um, I feel like my brain has been wrung out. I uh, I like vacillate wildly between like feeling like my heart is full and then being very frustrated with them and uh, angry at the situation because. We don't have a very meaningful relationship when we're together. We don't talk about things that really matter, and they don't really know me for me, and um, my husband didn't come with me this time around, so that uh, was—it adds another layer because I'm like, this—I don't know. Would we be having a nice time if Peter were here, you know? Well, you
1: you told me earlier um, that one of the best parts of this trip was getting to see your uh, nephew and nieces, but you also said that— That would not have happened if um, Peter was there, which is a really kind of gross double-edged sword. That is
0: very true. My parents know Peter. Um, They have met him on numerous occasions. My sister has met him exactly one time, and she likes to just kind of pretend like I'm not married to a man. So I'm sure her kids don't know that Peter even exists. So I don't really know how to be a good uncle. Like I said, it's really complicated. It gets pretty heavy pretty quick. And so I've kind of worked out over the past few years this um, rhythm to my, uh, my visits home in that, I stay with one of my girlfriends and then after I visit with my family, I come back and kind of decompress with them Mm -hmm. and we drink wine and talk and not just about the family, but you know, we just like spend some good friend time together and that really kind of turns my mind off of this just exhausting hamster wheel of family stuff.
1: I'm inclined to ask why you even bother, but you have said to me in the past that any relationship with your family is important to you. It is.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, And that is, Something I've maintained for a long time, um, and I, I I stand by it to this day. Um, we kind of agree to disagree at this point in our lives. Um, you and me,
1: or you and your family, me and my
0: family, <laughs> and um, you and I about
1: relationships <laughs> with family.
0: Um, yeah, I, I think that it's a really personal decision, honestly. And like uh, you know, Dan Savage, he says a lot of right stuff, but I think he gives um, over general advice when it comes to gay kids and their family because families are complicated and different and. Um, he, he oversimplifies some things, um, his, you know, he, he talks with pretty, he paints with a pretty broad brush about, um, saying that like, if your family doesn't, you know, accept you as gay or believe that, you know, they accept that I'm gay. I don't know how to say it that they just don't, they don't think I'm living, uh, correct the correct way. I kind
1: of have to disagree a little bit with the Dan Savage. He does paint, paint with a broad brush, but also he's very... I don't know. I think he's very sensitive about it in general. He'll say things like, are you 17 in your house? Because if so, then maybe you don't want to come out right now. Maybe it's not safe for you to come out. You need to just bear down and get to a place where you can be independent and then say, fuck them, basically. No, th- th-
0: that's true. But every time he talks to a someone who is um, who has a family that doesn't accept them because of their sexuality, he says, like, the only power that you have is your presence in their life. And so it is up to you to cut them off completely and with the idea that they will realize that they have to come around um, in order to have a relationship with you. And I I understand that probably has worked for a lot of people who's given advice to. I I also know the family that I grew up with and they would choose no relationship over changing their their faith
1: that's his point as well it's not it's not just that he will they will come around but if if they don't come around then they are a, a poison that you don't necessarily need in your life
0: and I disagree uh, with that yeah yeah i understand um, that so yeah anyway it is uh mentally exhausting uh it always is I try to do this about once a year and uh, I couldn't possibly do more than that uh and it was really good to see them after it's all said and done but it doesn't uh, mean that there weren't mixed feelings in every single direction so oh, and I
1: you know i'm 100% here to support you and i'm i think it is within my um jurisdiction as your friend to also be indignant <laughs> about yes uh, we've I, had so many conversations yeah. about it and it's so it it is so different in your like from your point of view clearly yeah. but also i am constantly furious at your parents specifically I know. and it makes me sad that to, that you i mean it seems like you'll go through this for your life, you know? Yeah,
0: and I, I really—I I want you to know that I appreciate that. I appreciate that from all my friends because I—you're—like like Peter, all my close girlfriends, whenever we have this discussion, no one is taking my parents' side. You know, like I'm—I I, I, have to kind of back off sometimes be like, I don't need to defend them. They're in the wrong for sure. I am only interested in defending my choice of deciding to have a relationship with them, Absolutely. you know? And they are—I— <sighs> There's a weird dynamic between people and their parents, even if they've fallen out with their parents, there's something kind of like innate in your brain that wants to like defend their decisions. I, I want to make it very clear. I do not defend my parents' decisions, but I do defend my right to have a relationship, even if it's a complicated, imperfect one with Absolutely. My you have that right. Um, Indiana is a complicated place as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I don't want to harp on on the Midwest. I, I just want to say really quick that I love... Indianapolis, it is a cool little city It is so fun to travel back there and see what it's become since I grew up there mm-hmm. It was one of those places that I like, couldn't wait to get out and now in like the past few years like so many small American cities like really good food and drink scene a lot of like in like uh, good shopping and um, Public parks and they're really investing in, in the city and it looks so good and there's so many really cool things I had it a, a, a night where I went I had like a full 180 of emotion from uh, like loving the city that I grew up in. I'm like, oh, it's so cool here. I love it. I had this beautiful dinner with my best girlfriends and we were like driving through this neighborhood. I was like, I want to live here. It's so good and affordable.
1: I want to live here. And all, but
0: it, meaning like it was just like, I, it did, we are
1: talking about travel goggles.
0: <laughs> yes. Just here are the words that I'm saying though. Like <laughs> just, just like ideal. Like I didn't actually mean like I wanted to live here, but like this block is so gorgeous, you know, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then later on that same night, we, were a little bit outside the city and we got in an Uber with this guy who was like inexplicably deep southern because Indiana's not the south but like deep southern accent very trumpy very misogynist like made us all three women and a gay dude in his car feel incredibly uncomfortable with the words that he was saying and Oof. i was just like oh no no no, no. i'm still in indiana <laughs> like Oof. this is what i was fleeing when uh you know long ago so um you get those reminders yeah this is the second time on this podcast that I've talked about feeling like a real outsider somewhere in the middle of the country. And um, I never used to feel that way. So it makes me wonder like, have I lured myself into like a weird false sense of security by living in California for the past five years? Or has the world changed while I've been away? And I think that the answer is both.
1: Absolutely. I think we, uh, there's a reason that, young gays flee to the coasts everyone leaves the midwest um or you know everyone leaves uh, the center to go to the coast the south yeah yeah, yeah to feel to feel safe because the, it's um you know sanctuaries for especially queer people yes um but i also think that people you mentioned this have been emboldened since 2016 mm-hmm. i kind of hate that word it's so it's so now part of the trump rhetoric emboldened. It just like is such a, association. it sounds like
0: positive and like empowering. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not
1: in the way we are using it. Um, yes. but I think people have, you know, felt powerful in their Like, well, the president does it. So can I basically. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think that has changed the dynamic there. Um, and so it's a combination of, you know, you are in a safe place and kind of in a bubble in that way, but also the the world is changing and in some ways for so much better and in some ways for a lot scarier.
0: Uh huh. I think that's really well put. Um, I, I, I will say, I don't regret being in my, like my liberal coastal bubble. I, I really,
1: we made choices. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, 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 love the fact that I can, I, it is a double-edged sword what I'm about to say, but I, I really do love the fact that I can go to a dinner in LA with pretty much anyone, you know, someone can invite me to a dinner and I know no one else at the table. Politics can come up and I know that while we might be able to have a meaningful discussion about the finer points broad strokes we're going to agree on like a pretty liberal progressive agenda i'm not going to offend anyone by you know talking liberal politics and that is not always a good thing because it's important to have those conversations with people that disagree for both sides like to to be able to have a a discourse it's also important
1: to realize that you are in a bubble so that mm -hmm. you know 2016 doesn't happen where we're like it'll be fine a lot of people who were like it's going to
0: be of course she's going to win Uh uh-huh That was me. I was beating that drum loud in 2016.
1: I got scared. I did get scared before it happened, and it started to build. Anyway, that's not what we're here for right now.
0: (laughs) Just throwing ourselves into past trauma. (laughs) Can't think of those days after that election. This has been a lot of heavy, not nearly gay enough talk. No, this is not our brand. (laughs) Mike, what has been the gayest moment
1: of your week?
0: Gay, gay.
1: I love this new bit we do. Um, I wish the answer was sex, but it hasn't been and won't be. So for now, the gayest moment of my week was I sported a very porny-looking mustache for, I think, 24 hours. What's so gay about that? Um, A few things. The stash looked... Like I said, super porny. Like I was a super like '70s gay porn '70s gay porn star for sure. That's the exact look I was giving, and I got a lot of attention for it. And one of them, one guy goes, "Ooh, zaddy," and I was like, "Mm -mm, "Nope, (laughs) nope, no, no, not ready for that." Um, Oh,
0: you're not ready for that. You just turned thirty. You're inching on that. Stop it.
1: Um, I yeah, I don't. I am in no sense of the term ready for daddyhood. (laughs) (laughs) Daddyhood. Zaddyhood, actually. I think like a year ago, I was in a department store and I walk by a little toddler who has like been let off his leash somehow. I don't know where his parent is. <laughs> You're so good with kids. <laughs> and he goes, daddy. And I go, no.
0: <laughs>
1: How <Bad."> dare you? <laughs> Manners. Child. Uh, Rude ass toddler. He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> I had to correct him swiftly Uh and with that deep cut in mind just this week somebody at work uh, a 20 year old waitress was like have you heard this new song or whatever I was like oh no I must have missed that and she was like I guess it's a young person's thing and I was like are you fucking kidding me how dare she how very fucking dare you did she not know she was talking to a very young gay man (laughs) runs home shaves his beard. Dyes his hair. <laughs> <It's>, it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, that was my gayest moment.
0: Um, you know, I've been called a daddy a couple times, and I, I just kind of laugh it off. I think that I have a theory about daddyhood, though, The in the gay term. Mm-hmm. I'm just coming up with this theory now. I'm not ready- <laughs> I ready. that I have a theory that's it's, it's formulating. Yeah, a theory is percolating currently. I'm not ready to be called a daddy until I'm actually old enough to have physically fathered a child that's of fucking age.
1: Oh, child. That's <laughs> that sounded. You're not ready to be called daddy until you've got a kid old enough you can fuck. <laughs> keep it. Oh. Keep it. <laughs> until my own kid is old enough for me to rail. No, already and slip. I knew what you meant. I, until I, you were.
0: I, I am not until I'm old enough to have like fathered a you know someone who's now twenty years old. No one's allowed to call me daddy. So what is that? Like thirty-five?
1: Yeah, just a couple more years. Oh God. Two more years till you're at Zani.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll I'll start warming up when people.
1: <laughs> Ew, I don't know what you mean by that, but I don't want to. <laughs>
0: um, I once had a porny mustache as well. Um, and I this is this goes back to the difference between the Midwest and the coast because I took an Instagram poll. I love having a mustache. Peter hates it so much that I can't keep it for very long. He, okay, just, he
1: messaged, He's one of the reach-outs I got about my mustache. He was like, hmm, there's a mustache.
0: <laughs> that is a mustache, period. He gives me such a hard time that I can't, like, keep up with it. Um, but they, I took an Instagram poll, and um, the options were yes or too porny. And there was a very specific divide between the people that said yes and the people that hated it. And the people that said yes were all men. Men love mustaches, gay and straight, Um, and women from the West Coast. But women from the Midwest and the East Coast— unanimously absolutely not hard pass no mustache. isn't that strange it's like a hipster thing we can we can do our uh mustaches and not mustaches for this week's post
1: okay well you can't steal my gayest moment this week mine's the mustache so come up with your own what well, was I your gayest moment i
0: didn't actually have a mustache this week that was a, That's a bit of a bit of a throwback uh my gayest moment was probably also my like peak la moment for this week uh one of my friends invited me to do rooftop yoga
1: mm. Sorry. (laughs) I just held back saying gay. And I was like, oh, that's (laughs) correct.
0: (laughs) Rooftop sunset yoga in West Hollywood. Was Sound of Music the soundtrack? No, but they did have live violin music.
1: That's actually kind of gorgeous.
0: Playing along to um, a a selection of um, modern and pop hits. It was really beautiful, actually. It It doesn't sound that gay. uh, Well, in West Hollywood, when you ask people if they want to do sunset yoga set to live violin, I'll tell you who shows up. A few women and a ton of queer's and we it was packed we had a really lovely time but the dude the coach
1: teacher
0: the teacher is this really gorgeous very nice just like kind man that like exudes masculinity and calm yogi like wellness and he's just kind of broad and sexy Ooh. and calm ah, and is he he's big? I have no idea, but some of the music he picked is pretty fucking gay. So either he's pandering to the crowd or he himself is gay. Huh. Uh, hes I can't get a read on him. Um, but anyway, he came up to me in one of these. We were doing like a, a pose where we were lying on the mat, and we had our mm. hips really open. And Was he, he shirtless? I need to know. No. <sighs> were you shirtless? I, no, it was kind of chilly. Oh. Um, and he came up and just like leaned down and like opened up my <gasps> hip, like pressed on my oh hip my and God. pulled my knee a little bit more open. That's and hot. And I was like... <laughs> 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 oh. My God. Try, like, my eyes were closed, and then I felt his hands on me, and I was like, oh God, direct eye contact. <laughs> direct eye contact. It was Did very animate.
1: Animate. Did you pop a boner?
0: I did not pop a boner. That's hard
1: to not pop. That sounds hot as shit. It
0: was hot as shit, but also we were, uh, it was pretty tough yoga. Um, I'm not good for
1: you for not sexualizing that yoga experience for everyone
0: around you. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Um, I'm no yogi, so I had to work hard. I'm not very flexible at all. So he needed to adjust me in that pose, but oh God, he could come adjust me anytime.
1: Oh yeah. i taking an adjustment.
0: Quite, quite porny. (laughs) It was pretty porny.
1: Yeah, that's, um. That's like one of those quintessential porn setups like, you know what? Looks like you could do some extra help. Meet me in the locker room afterward. <laughs> there's always locker rooms at yoga studios. <laughs> well, there's always locker rooms in porn. That's for sure.
0: That is true. I, I don't love those like kind of... Um, Quintessential yoga setups, as you say. Or yoga setups. <laughs> those quintessential porn setups. <laughs> uh, no, it's going about yoga for a while. <laughs> I don't love those like those like studio scenes where it's always like a it's a doctor's office or it's a locker room or it's a a two businessmen in a suit. I don't I like more well, amateur kind of porn.
1: I don't love amateur porn, but I also don't love I don't need a setup. I don't want plot. I don't want dialogue. <laughs> I hate dialogue. Oh, that's the worst.
0: Real bad. Um there's something about the the studio thing. There's two things that take me out of it. Well, first of all, it's the fact that almost everything that's produced by one of the major porn studios is going to be making out, to oral, to rim jobs, to fucking, to cum shot, and, and it's nothing wrong like, with that. It's very it's very formulaic, and I'm like sometimes it's boring to me. Like that's not it's not great. And the other part is that um I like to be able to imagine myself in the scenario, and sometimes when you're you're looking at you're watching something that's really produced. All I can think about is like this is a full like three camera setup, and they're like cameras are like walking around and zooming and finding these angles. It just seems like so unsexy. Like that's thinking actually... all the pe- I've seen, I've I've been on TV sets before. I've seen what it looks like to shoot this, and that
1: is yikes to me. I hadn't thought about this before, but your argument against it has just furthered my argument for it. That sounds hot. I'm like you're a
0: little exhibitionist.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of. That's like a little sexy. They're having sex in front of, you know, this mini crowd. <laughs> uh,
0: it's not a very far leap for you to be an exhibitionist, though, because you have laid your journal bare for the world to see. You don't mind exposing yourself to others.
1: I really try not to expose myself to <laughs> others.
0: <laughs> well, I think the time has come for you to further expose yourself to our podcast I can't listeners. can't have you say expose anymore. <laughs> I would like to be exposed to your 2013 self. Hey, this is our last episode in 2013.
1: Oh, wow. It is. I'm about to
0: finish the month of December and then...
1: Wow. Okay, so that's a good moment to point out that we have some plans. Um, Something
0: exciting is happening. We are going to do... We talked about this once before, didn't we?
1: I think so. But just a reminder, mm-hmm. we are going to finish up 2013 and then have a special episode next week. Our first uh, episode with some guests. Be very exciting.
0: It's going to be so fun. Um, um, we can't wait to share it with you
1: and then just a quick heads up we are taking a week off for very good reason um after that special episode but we'll be back uh with 2014 the following week
0: yeah we're just taking one little week off because we're going to palm springs and we don't have time to do all this because it's going to take mike most of the week preceding that trip just to
1: tame his body hair (laughs) (laughs) we know exactly what body hair you're talking about (laughs) trim that bush oh my god (laughs) what (laughs) what All right, let's do it. Let's finish 2013. (laughs) Hmm. Seemed dramatic and unnecessary.
0: Here we are. December 21st, 2013. I don't know what that accent was. Huh. Maybe every time we do a new date, I should do a different accent because I'm awful at accents. Oh, December 21st,
1: 2014. You're very good at that. That's like a... (laughs) It's like one of the the creatures in Harry
0: Potter. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's my like street urchin (laughs) voice. (laughs) Uh, That's the only accent that I can reliably do. And terrible Irish. Anyway, it's your first day back off the ship. We're off the goddamn boat. It's crazy. You unpacked everything and wrapped gifts. It's great seeing family.
1: And wrapped gifts. Yeah.
0: God, I love Christmas. It even makes me excited to read about Christmas time. I'm a big nerd for it. I know, I've already harped on that enough. <laughs> he rolls his eyes. He's over it.
1: I like Christmas, I guess.
0: Uh-huh. On December 22nd... tar tee tar
1: December 22nd. Are we going to get this the whole the whole episode? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, because those are the only two accents I can do. <laughs> Street urchin and awful Irish. Adjusting to being home and figuring out what's next.
1: There's a weird transition period. Anytime I haven't dealt with it in a long time, but when I go home after a contract, if I... Uh, especially going to a parent's house after the contract. It was like strange to be in my childhood home with no plan of the future. I didn't have an apartment in New York. I didn't have anything to do. It was just like... That
0: is weird. Yeah. Just,
1: okay, you're, here you are. Do something now.
0: It's like you pressed rewind all of a sudden. You're like, oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta go.
1: Except with money. Um. What would you do? Ooh, for a Klondike bar. Yes, and if you... (laughs) knew everything you knew now like you had all the memories you have but you were rewound to your 17 year old self in your home
0: oh my god is that a thing that people think about because i feel like i think about that all the time what would
1: you do that'd be i shut up I feel like i go nuts. What would you do?
0: If your kid was at home crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's lonely and the only, hungry and the only way to mm-hmm. feed him is to sleep with a man for a little bit of money and if his dad, dad is gone, gone somewhere smoking rock now in and
1: out of lockdown. I ain't got, got a job now. now. So for you, this is just a good time. But for me, this is what, what I a call, call life. life. Ooh. We're a good little pop duo. You're the rapper and I'm the like female uh-huh. in the background. I'm just
0: non-tonal rapping because <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the melody of that song. City High. Is that who that was? Uh,
1: I don't know. I think it was. Sorry, hard right turn. What would I do when what? If you were rewound, you're 17. You're yeah. stuck in your parents' house. You have all the knowledge you have now.
0: Um, I think I would probably use the knowledge for as much good as possible. Um, to invest the little bit of money I could get my hands on in companies that were going to go, uh, really big. So and- you up corrupt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I would insider trade my tits off and I would also, uh, so I would do that to set myself up before I let my parents cut me off financially. Cause I knew mm. I would know that as soon as I came out that they would cut me off. So I'd be smarter about the lies that I told. And then as soon as I had enough stock that I knew I would be set up for the future, then I would, um, calmly come out on my own terms, let my parents make the decisions. I would relive some of the worst days of my life. Thank you very much. Triggering. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Um, and I would also really, really, really appreciate and take advantage of my education more i would take more classes i would i would, I would make more of the fact that that's the only time in my life where i'm a full-time student for four years
1: would it be scary to know that you would completely change your future you wouldn't end up in the same spot well if you had all the knowledge you have now
0: i know but i i do think that there would be no i mean what a thought experiment but there there'd be no um way to recreate it with the knowledge that i have i wouldn't mm-hmm. make the same mistakes and sometimes right. mistakes led to different places in my life i would Probably some of the same experiences, um, like where you and I worked together. That was so transformative and what a beautiful way to spend a summer in college. I would do that again, probably. Um, and I would um I hopefully
1: Would you date like, the same people?
0: If I were oh God, isn't that tough? Um I
1: knowing that like you won't end up with any of them but one. I know. But I, you also can't not date. Like mm-hmm, you're not I, gonna wait until Peter comes around in your life.
0: I guess it would depend on if I fell in love with those people again.
1: Wow. Weird. Trippy.
0: This would be an awesome movie plot.
1: Uh, it must exist. Yeah I, yeah. I
0: mean, maybe. But it could It could be a very interesting...
1: It could be done again, for sure. Yeah. In new, new light.
0: A new A new spin.
1: The screenwriters out there. What would you do? I don't know. It scares me to think that I would... I, I'd like to think that everything has happened for a reason. As much of a fatalist as I am, I feel like that's kind of the only way to get through life. I'm mm-hmm. like, each decision has... I can so um, specifically track back every decision I've made to where I am now. Like I, I can I know which moments were influential and which yes. ones were insignificant. Um and it would be strange. I think I probably wouldn't make some choices that I do know led me to good places, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be a lot more confident as a young person, for sure. And I think that would change my whole experience. Oh, yeah. It,
0: it would change your whole experience. When I say I would take college more seriously, I think that that would change my life dramatically. Like, if I really valued the education and, like, like was thirsty for knowledge instead of going to class because I had to, you know? <laughs> um, I think that that would make... I would spend so much, time, so much less time drinking shitty alcohol and getting blackout drunk and so mm-hmm. much more time in the classroom, like, practicing or exploring or, like, just, like, trying to broaden my mind. I think that's so valuable. I... Uh, you know, people say education is wasted on the young and I completely agree. Like my, my
1: 17 year olds to pick what they want to do for the rest of their life. What a Mm -hmm. fucking shame. I know
0: set the path for their entire existence.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I do things like, okay, this mom fast forward like two minutes. (laughs) Um, one time when I was little, I remember being alone with my mom and her being really upset and her being like, I think I'm gonna, I think I want a divorce. And, uh, and she didn't get one, obviously. And then years later, she did, and she went through a lot. Had she gotten that divorce, my life would have been a little less messy. And, like, would I have encouraged that? Like, would I, or would I just kind of stand aside and, like, let things play out the way they're supposed to?
0: I don't know. I, so you said 17, but if I could go back to when I was like,
1: oh, that's true. That was, that was like four, 17, so. five
0: or 10, oh, God. even I could, I think I could, like, change the course of my life and my relationship with my family by, um, because they became so much more like, like solidified in their way of thinking as I grew up. Um, I think that like, I could encourage them to be a little bit more worldly because <laughs> they were so young, you know, wow. they were like in their young twenties. What if I could go back to when I was like a, a little kid, I'd not but that would they, they would, listen
1: to a five-year-old. Of course
0: not. Of course not. But I, you know, like I think of like me now, like if I could go talk to them at that point, I might be able to change their course of maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> They talk a lot about how they've like gotten more faithful as they've gotten older. I'm like, damn, I missed my opportunity.
1: Oh, anyway, where were we? Oh, December 23rd. I was just saying I'm, I'm home again and it feels weird. <laughs> Went to
0: Hannah's with Chelsea after. Um, oh, okay. So that's written up top, but I think that goes last. So, Crossgates with Tara. That's your sister. Hey, Tara. What's Crossgates? Huge mall. Oh. Um, you finished Christmas shopping and had some beers. Saw frozen again in 3D, you fucking toddler. <laughs> then went I saw to, in 3D? Yeah. Huh. Went to Hannah's with Chelsea after.
1: Oh. That's the nice part about being home. Those are mine. Like, you just talked about your ladies.
0: Yeah. You get to see your besties. I love it when people are home around the holidays. It's so that fun. That
1: is nice. Yeah, it's a like very... I'm like getting filled with that feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: getting filled currently.
1: <sighs> gotta get filled somehow. Um, can't believe how much I liked Frozen for as much as I fucking hate it now.
0: <laughs> um, I will. I, I'm sorry that the theme of this episode is me talking about the complications of home. Um, but that is something that I really miss. I I miss out on every year. I was home. I've been in Indy for, like, one Christmas in the last decade, I think. Um, it was after I broke up with my ex and before I started dating Peter. And I spent it with my one of my best friend's families. And it was really, really fun. And that situation where you're home and everyone's celebrating the holidays and people are in from out of town is so fun and kind of heartwarming. I now do it in Des Moines. And I have a lot of people that I love there that don't live there, that are, you know, people from Peter's past that I mm-hmm. now am friends with. And so we get that there. Like, I get to see a lot of people that I love. And that that's lovely. But, um, Love and lovely. Anyway, I uh, I kind of uh, regret that I don't get to have that experience. It's kind of nice. Hmm. For those of us that don't live in our hometowns anymore.
1: I kind of feel... As I've alluded to before, my Christmas situation has been all fucking shook up. I'm really trying to encourage my family to not do Christmas at my mom's house, which I've said goodbye to 14 fucking times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every time you leave, she, you think she's going to sell it? And then you...
1: She's been planning on selling this house. It turns out we're not selling it at all, but I... I was the first one to move out, first of all, as I'm the youngest child, and I was the first one to remove all of my things from that house. There is not a stitch of my childhood in there. Um, So much so, (laughs) my mom, one day I come home, uh, I go to my mom's house, and I was like, I noticed they had painted and like done a little redecorating, simple stuff, and all of our pictures were off the walls, all of our like graduation pictures and just, you know, family portraits. And I was like, Mom, where did all the pictures go? What's going on? And she goes... I know what you look like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's so savage. She's like, tired of looking at those same crusty uh, ass pictures. I
1: know what you look like. Cool, 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 Thanks, mom. <laughs> oh, it that's It was hilarious. a pretty funny response though. Um, anyway, point is I am, I would love to, we already like are kind of in a transitional Christmassy time and, you know, there's a. When, when Christmas tradition is broken, you have to kind of create a new one, and it's m- much better than trying to force old ones that will feel nasty. and Yeah. So I would love to not have Christmas in uh, New York, but that'll never happen.
0: Why would it never happen? Wouldn't they... I w- did once Would your mom it... and brother ever come out here?
1: I hosted it in uh, New York City a couple of years ago, which is fun to be the host of Christmas. That it's is very fun. Doing that. Um, my mom and sister were fucking toddlers. I was like... They were in my apartment. It was just the three of us, and they... I would understand if, if roommates were there, if they'd want to like tiptoe around and be like, I don't want to get in anyone's way or whatever, but um, it was just us. My roommates were gone. It was a
0: big apartment. It was a
1: big apartment. And yeah, there's plenty of like, feel free. There's room to, you know, meander, do whatever you need, but they like wouldn't, they wouldn't just like go to the fridge themselves or whatever. So I was fucking waiting on them handed foot. They were toddlers. <laughs> my mom was like water. <laughs> I bring my sister over some coffee. She's like, oh, cream. <laughs> I was like, you two are going to fucking kill me. <laughs>
0: leave. Leave. Merry Christmas. Get <laughs> and, out of my home. <laughs> it was fun, but uh a
1: double-edged sword. It's also stressful. <laughs> anyway, no, they wouldn't come out because we have my really easy to deal with grandma too, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Can't you just like park her in front of a TV and tell her it's November?
1: I don't know. I also don't feel it wouldn't be super kind of me to be like, Michael and Christian, guess what you get for Christmas? My <laughs> My family. whole fucking family. Here's Weebo parked in the TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, we can only watch telenovelas for the next three months, which is how long they're going to stay.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, my mom was telling me th- this past week. She was talking about one of her friends um, who has like kind of a difficult mother, and she just tells them every year when she's coming to visit. And this week, this year, I mean, she's like long retired, she's in her 80s, this woman. She decided she's going to come stay with them for eight weeks. And she was like, I'm, no, I'm arriving November 1st, and I'll be there for eight weeks. Can you imagine someone just telling you they're going to— There's no one in my life where I'd be like, that's fine.
1: Literally no one. I, someone is hosting you for eight weeks. That is such it a is burden. shocking.
0: I, yeah, like, none of my friends would—I mean, we would kill each other. Any of Peter's family, they wouldn't want to do that. Like, they would be like, this is—it's too much for all of us. Like, that is eight weeks. For,
1: like— if I had to, if like if I came on hard times and I had to ask you that, I would, uh-huh. but I would also like understand that would be a nightmare. It'd
0: be tough on a friendship. Any yeah, friendship. Absolutely. Whew, it's too much.
1: <laughs> December twenty fourth. What time would you say?
0: Nine PM. Like Pacific or? Eastern Standard, Eastern Standard Time. time from here on in.
1: Okay. That was for all of our rent heads out there. I think we've shouted them out once or twice before, haven't we? It's been cut each time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That one stays. <laughs> um, you ate apps, you played Scattergories, and you had a nice dinner. So oh, that's fun. in the
1: family room. Why didn't you sleep in your room? Um, because as the youngest, logically, I was the first one to lose my fucking bedroom. It drove me insane. Um, Weebo took my bedroom. Ew. It's fine. My grandma can have a room when I'm not living there. No. Um, th- but, like, also, shouldn't it... I know, that sounded so shitty. I'm sorry. no it's fine but it was right because like my sister is four years older my brother's two years older they've Uh been out of the house longer why wasn't one of their rooms removed first right I never understood that to this day and so then I tried I was like campaigning to be like nobody has rooms now these are all guest rooms Uh uh-huh and it just never works that way it still was Tara and Chris's room and I'm like I guess I'll sleep in the fucking living room
0: (laughs) that's cunty as hell isn't it yeah um
1: well you played to their credit my brother is the first one to be like i don't care where i sleep you want you can sleep in my room oh that's nice yeah
0: but now he's all married and stuff so he's not going to sleep on the couch with his bride his bride (laughs) um please forgive all the page flipping because you've written all this out of order so there's 25th is on the 27th and you got confused Uh. i think you skipped a page (laughs) um all right december 25th christmas day exclamation point got lots of nice gifts Family freaked out and dad lost it.
1: Ah. Anything more?
0: Almost came out to them.
1: Uh Huh? Oh god. Oh my god,
0: I forgot you had never had the conversation yet. Ay, ay, yay. It feels late.
1: Don't come out on Christmas ever.
0: That well, you know, some people would suggest it on a holiday because I know it's always
1: that's like when everyone's together, that's why it happens, but I feel like you just hijack the holiday. Um Oh, that's a lot to okay. dive into here. There
0: is. Let me just finish this entry, and then we'll go. We'll dive right in head first. Um, Fun going to the cousin's place. Brought extra wine and limoncello.
1: Those cousins are like two of my besties.
0: Okay. Love that. Um, and then saw Reed, Tara left. We've talked about Tara Reed before. <laughs> Who was Reed again? It was her ex-boyfriend. Oh, okay. So you saw him, but then Tara left. Uh, so what happened on this day? Why did family freak out, and dad lo- why did dad lose it?
1: You know, it's too bad. I really can't remember exactly because it happened several times, several different Christmases. Oh, great. Like, which one was this?
0: Oh, good. It's so stereotypical. Like, um, why does it have to be on Christmas Day that everyone fucking loses their shit?
1: Um, in hindsight, I get it because uh, he was hiding a lot and under a lot of stress. Is
0: this the last Christmas you had with your padre? No. Okay.
1: Okay, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm embarrassed that it's 2013 and I haven't had an explicit conversation with my family about being a homosexual. Mm-hmm. That's, um, ugly. <laughs>
0: there is something to say about the person that doesn't really need to come out. You knew you didn't, you weren't worried about it act like truly changing your uh, no, relationship with your family. It just felt you like, just thought didn't want to have an awkward conversation.
1: Exactly. It felt uncomfortable. I was like, mm-hmm. we don't, it just feels like implicitly sexual, I guess we're beyond that now. Cause I have this fucking podcast, but, uh-huh. um,
0: but th- that is the thing though. It's like, uh, they're, I've heard so many people talk about if you're coming out, it is harder and more squicky to most people because when you say I'm gay, most people immediately imagine you having sex with a man. Absolutely. And that is so personal and it's like, why does it have to be that way? But it's, it's not fair. It's the way it is.
1: It That's, I guess, was my point and I still kind of stand by it. I don't think it works in practice as much as in theory and I would like to think that we will get to a place where the world is a little different, but I'm pretty sure in Love Simon. Uh he mentions this and it's like I always said this too. I don't think it's fair that my brother and sister did not have to come out. Nobody asked them what their sexual preferences were. Yeah. They just brought home a boyfriend and a girlfriend and it was just that. There was no question about it. And I was like, That's not fair. Why do I have to explain a difference? And the problem is I feel like it got so late, even though I had a accepting family who I knew wouldn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like it really felt like a non issue for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, well, I'll just bring someone home when I bring someone home. But I never had someone to bring home. So that just never happened. And now all of a sudden I'm 23 and I'm like, oh, my God, it still hasn't happened. Uh Um, So that's probably why I was like, do I just fucking say something? Because it's ridiculous at this point. But I felt like there was never a reason. Like if I don't have anyone to share, then what's the point in just being like, oh, by the way, I have sex with men.
0: 100%. That's I mean, and that's what it feels like you're saying to them. My favorite thing about reading this is that family freaked out and dad lost it almost came out to them. You're like, oh, well, everyone's.
1: (laughs) Everyone's freaking out anyway. I'm like, I'm gay. That face is good. Yeah, I wonder what my rationale was if I was like, this is already a mess, so I'll just like, it'll be less awkward because no one's gonna have time to give a shit. Yeah, I'm gay and I'm leaving. This is awful. Bye. You guys all suck. By the way, I also suck. <laughs> Dick. Um. Yeah, that was terrible. It's a terror left. I think. Uh huh out a couple different christmases i was like i need you to stick around because i need some fucking support here huh. <laughs> literally everybody was screaming at each other
0: is that rare for your family are no. you those families that everyone um, can like get all screamy
1: um not rare on christmas okay <laughs> we weren't <laughs> i don't think it was a common thing but like i don't know it was obviously about something else but i remember like someone's charger being the catalyst for this somebody thought somebody had someone else's phone charger and was like no you took mine and it became like something so trivial, became ridiculous. Uh-huh. Huge blow up. Um, so my dad, I'm pretty sure he called us a bunch of degenerates. I think he said something. Why? A bunch of degenerates? Yeah. He was like something about our family being, I don't know. He was saying how like terrible we were, his family. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and I realized it was him being. Projecting. Yeah. He, was, he had been living this double life for God knows how long. Um, at this point and, uh, I think was stressed out and I think he probably was also missing his other family that he wasn't spending Christmas with. Yikes. don't think you've mentioned them before. <laughs> um, and that was, that was a dramatization. I think he, there was other women. I don't think there were any like, children or family members. There yeah. were women and there were friends and there were like, <sighs> some of the details are still pretty foggy to us, but I'm pretty sure there was also like sex group friends. Like, I don't really know how. Yeah, it was all pretty messy.
0: Like Swinger's Group? Yeah. Whoa. Can't wait to
1: get into more of that later. It's Um, so unfortunate because, like, I don't – it's all just about the lies. Had there been honesty, I'd be like, I don't – great. I am the most sex-positive – well, not the most, but I am a generally sex-positive person. I'm liberal. I, like, really, whatever you need to do to be happy, even even if that meant divorce, like, Uh I get it. I get you're a human. I really think I'm capable of separating your – fatherhood from your humanity humanity, yes and I think it's a shame that that was wasted because I could have been understanding what I can't be understanding about is you know a decade of manipulating and hurting your family
0: yeah that's that's super fair
1: I also remember being the peacekeeper I was like apologizing for things I didn't do and trying to like get everyone to calm down and see perspective I remember being the only one to be like okay well somebody's got to be the fucking adult here
0: youngest child that is that that is the role of the youngest child is keeping the peace for the the grown-ups yep Right there with you. I think a lot of people find that. I've, I've heard that from a lot of people that like youngest children are like the peacekeepers in the family. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because you grow up like understanding conflict. They're not really understanding what the conflict is, but that there is conflict. And you are like the cute younger one that can like try to diffuse the situation. I am cute. Even though it's not your responsibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a lot of Christmas memories, uh, obviously, because I've had a lot of Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> but one that comes up... So many. How that, many years are you? Shut up. One that comes to mind um, as a bit of... Or as like a, a dramatic Christmas. It was all me. No one else knew that it was dramatic. But um, it was when I was young, like 13 or 14. Um, I was hooking up with that neighbor we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were hoeing a row. Yeah. And we hooked up on Christmas Eve. Ooh. Um, And I... For some reason, it like might I was always just racked with guilt about it, but I had like been over at his house. It's worse on Christmas though, right? It was so much worse. The guilt is, is so Jesus much worse. Day, uh, yeah, and uh, yes, um, and that that night, um, so that was like early in the day, and then we had a family tradition where we would open presents from our parents on Christmas Eve, and then we would do stuff with like the grandparents on Christmas Day, and that night I opened my gift from my parents, like or one of the gifts from my parents, and it was a new Bible. Oh God. I, what... I just, <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I just remember that like feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like I was just the worst Christian in the world. I was going straight to hell and they were like, like, you know, trying to like help me be a better kid. I don't know. It just destroyed me and made me like that whole Christmas was ruined for me. Oh, it, it was just like a, internal. What did you like? you no. like, thank you. Oh, they had no idea. I, you know, I was, I, I said, thank you and put on a brave face and I went upstairs and like probably cried myself to sleep because I was going straight to hell. But I just remember that really bringing it down Christmas time. But, um, it's, it's kind of almost cute to me looking back on it. Like you poor sweet kid. Like you were fine. I was a good kid. You know, I was, Mm -hmm. uh, who cares if I was rolling around in the hay jerking off (laughs) names.
1: as they were uh, consenting and, you like know, yeah, jerking yeah, off yeah. random papers
0: <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, yeah, anyway, it was, uh, that was a particularly bad one for me but for no one
1: else, everyone else had a perfectly lovely Christmas. I think Family Guy brings this up. One feels especially guilty when they masturbate on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Religion
0: aside. I would have no problem doing that today. <laughs> yeah, me either. All right, shall we? We have... Another week to get through here.
1: i it's a chore some more and I'll quit.
0: December 26th, uh, you went to Moe's restaurant?
1: It is a uh, the first sort of Chipotle that I knew. Oh, uh, oh yes, 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 yes. Me.
0: I know what you're talking about. Okay. Went to Moe's and Saving Mr. Banks with Eileen. Can I say Eileen? Yeah. Who's Eileen?
1: Another uh, high school gal pal. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. Mm. Come in her face. I bet she
0: appreciates that very much. Friendlies with Chelsea and Hannah goodness Always used wait to go to so mexican food and then yeah friendlies is such an east coast like hangout
1: i worked at friendlies for so long Ugh,
0: took down the tree you took down the tree on the 26th goodness so. you were not feeling very christmasy
1: my mom like refuses we had a fake i've always had a fake christmas tree uh-huh. um which everyone's like ah! like i don't know we different. always had
0: a fake one too my sister has bad allergies
1: um, but we my Nerd. mom like needs help taking it down so i guess if i was leaving Although, I don't know where I was going. I don't know. Maybe I was like, it's
0: over. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't fun. Um, on the 27th, you're home still feeling a little better. Um, back to Coles with mom. We know Always how you guys memories. love to do that together. <laughs> God, is this it, th- the week? This is actually kind of uh, appropriate because the week between christmas and new year's is just about eating and seeing friends like that is pretty that's a lot of people's experience and yeah. every day you're just listing the people you saw in the restaurants you went to rent to um i hop in starbucks with vanessa
1: vanessa hi vanessa you haven't talked to her since episode like three or something
0: Um uh, well she's real you left yeah okay oh, your fake friend <laughs> <laughs> um she's taking me to philly slept so late because i couldn't fall asleep we are nearing your favorite holiday NYC, bright and early. Oh my goodness. Got an apartment. Rachel's place on South Street. Perfect. So you got Oh, it. in Philly. NYC.
1: Yeah, that, that apartment's in Philly.
0: Oh, I understand. So you went to NYC for the holiday, for the weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got, you also solidified your apartment in Philly where you're going yeah, next. Okay. I
1: love this apartment. I lived on South Street, which is like such an awesome little hub in Philadelphia. It's like right in the center of everything. You can walk anywhere. Oh, fun. And, I did. Um, and it's a cool street. It was like, the closest I'd ever get to living in like the East Village or something. Cool. Um, super cool. And Rachel was awesome. And the apartment was beautiful. And just a really great situation. Oh, awesome. Love that for you. How long were you there? Uh, a year. Okay. But on and off, I um, was doing gigs. And so okay. I came and went. This
0: is the timeline is so hard for me because you're just, in my mind, you're just East Coast somewhere. You know maybe agnostic.
1: not. A, maybe a it's like half a year because I think, ah, we'll find out together. We
0: sure will. <laughs> um okay so you went to sushi with tara you got keys to reeds why'd you get keys to oh reed's yeah place?
1: um i was staying at her ex-boyfriend's apartment um but those keys didn't work uh which i think we'll see in a second oh
0: uh-oh. <laughs> um shopping with amy and her friend molly barthalia with amy do you have any idea what that means Oh restaurant dinner yeah okay then vinyl posh i'm in hell's kitchen obviously (laughs) obviously vinyl posh posh is the only gay bar i've ever been denied entry to thank you very much (laughs) such a rebel um well for a very similar reason or we probably had very similar nights because you say so period drunk period
1: i love hell's kitchen i identify with it for i really wasn't there that long but i worked in hell's kitchen and it was the first kind of gay place i felt like was my home you know yeah um just it's a fun it's a
0: great area of town i I like it's like it's the gayest area of town these days and it's really
1: like i'm talking like a four street radius it's not a house kitchen is bigger than that but the area i would go to is very small but it was just it's nice yep just fun
0: final day of 2013 it is new year's eve (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was special. <laughs> 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 i love you my stupidest friend um I i'm i love you as well but also i love that we had an opportunity <laughs> cam's fucking song to get stuck in his head is always old lang Syne," and uh it's never appropriate so we found a moment when it was
0: we did and then we went full vocal banjo on it yeah i don't know <laughs> what that was but I don't it was know what fun it was <laughs> uh okay so you stayed on west 94th at amy's aunt's empty
1: place oh yeah this was awesome. I was with, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was with Gabriella and Amy, and um, it was a special and strange night where I had high school and college friends all at this like bought-out bar. Um, we it was just really, really fun New Year's Eve, which is why I love New Year's Eve. But I'll get into that in a second. And I was at Amy's aunt's place. I guess we just had this beautiful adult apartment. You know how uh-huh. rare it is as a twenty-three-year-old to see like a fully furnished, nice apartment yes. um, to ourselves and. They're just like, you know, some of my besties, and so it was just really, really special. Amy's
0: aunt was out of town, and she just let you guys crash there. That's really
1: nice. Um, I have a really cute picture of Gabriella and I from this night, and uh, I love New Year's Eve so much for this reason. It is just about fun and friends. There's no pressure. Uh Like I never expect it to be amazing or. Terrible. I'm just like, it's just going to be, let's just go have fun. This...
0: Therein lies the secret to New Year's Eve. So many people complain about it being amateur hour. And if, yeah, you just go out to a shitty club, everyone's out just getting as drunk as possible and the crowds are awful. But if you do it right and you do it with friends, it can be just a really fun, so fun. excuse to get together because people have time off work and businesses are closed. And it's just the only time of the year that really happens. Yeah. People aren't expected to be with their families be- like Christmas. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is a really fun holiday if you do it
1: the right way. For sure. Completely agree. And the year before, this is the first time we can compare. The year before, I—I uh, I guess I wrote it on January first. But I had mentioned we did Bubble Lounge with all of our Bush Gardens friends, and yeah, we had stayed at um, Sam's place, and it was just another like—it's always special. It's always great because you're with your chosen people.
0: I love that. Also, it's weird that we're back to that time of year that we can do a, we, what we talked about a year ago. Ah, this—this this is all going to be so strange going forward. It's going to be a new thing. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Um, you had brunch with Amy and her friends, delicious and fun. Lincoln Center, then Crooked Night. Did I?
1: I think I saw a movie on Lincoln Center last New Year's Eve. You did. Last New Year's.
0: Yeah. And you were like, why did I do go to such a bougie place to do that when I didn't have any money?
1: Yes, it's a tradition I have now. Yes,
0: it is. Um, but I got money this time. I came off a cruise, bitch. Yeah. Buying rounds for the bar. Um, you continued this onto the next page, uh, the back page of your journal. Um, then pizza and NY, uh, in, oh, New Year's Eve party at the Half Pint. Tons of fun. So all the Ithaca girls and a few high school folks, too.
1: Yeah, one of those high school folks. I'm pretty sure it's that guy that I was talking about recently who I had a big crush on. Uh, who listens to this podcast? <laughs> I don't have a crush on it anymore if you're listening.
0: <laughs> Unless you're interested in going on a date. In Unless which you're case, interested, yeah. Mike and will fly his ass to
1: Ithaca. Wasn't an Ithaca. Oh. can just close the book. It feels so final. It's over. That's it. We're never Thank doing this again. Thank you all for listening to my best friend's journal. <laughs> Pulling the shutters. This is misleading. We're doing much more of this. Yeah, no, we'll see you next week.
0: Uh, <laughs> for our very special episode that we already alluded to. It's a momentous occasion and we should mark it with a delicious lunch, like we do every time
1: we record. Uh before we go, do we hear from any listeners this week? We did actually. We've got a bunch of a bunch of uh messages which we really appreciate. Thank you guys. Anyone who for everyone who's reaching out to say hello, it was like them to say hi back. Um but two stuck out and I'm probably biased cuz it's two people that I know, two of my friends. Uh, <laughs> um two IRL friends. Yeah, and uh, one's a friend from high school and she messaged me to say she's been journaling since high school and that I'm in the journal. She did She like, went back? Yeah, she had like full length journal pages, not just little five year uh-huh. one. And I'm in it and she had a crush on me which neither of us recalled or knew <laughs> and I'm like that is Adorbs. And uh-huh. I just mentioned Hannah and I think Chelsea and Eileen, who you just mentioned in this episode. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun. I'm They're like, God, all in I'm it. I'm so jealous. I wish I had been journaling I'm this like, whole time. That
0: would be so fun to go back and like read this stupid high school drama that it was so important oh, yeah. to you at that time. Oh,
1: the best. Gives you so much perspective. Uh-huh. I remember some of those things. And I'm like, oh God, if I knew what I know now. Um, So that was super fun. Shout out Laura. Um, And also my other friend Meredith sent me a link to... Arnold Schwarzenegger proving what you talked about recently in an episode about feeling almost orgasmic when you're working out he is lifting weights literally coming he's like I'm coming I feel like I'm coming when I that's a battle Arnold Schwarzenegger but you get it that's fine um,
0: sounds like an angry German very close I, when I lift the weights I come I feel. no one's here for the accents that's really okay <laughs> ain't that the truth <laughs> Or December 21st, 2014. <laughs> um, but wait, he's saying okay. that he's actually coming or it feels like Let he's me coming? Clarify. Let me he, okay. He's
1: arguing what you're arguing that. Okay. But he explicitly says, working out feels to me the same as when I come in my wife. He Ew. says those words. Ew. That man went on to be governor of California. <laughs> he also says that he... Between working out and being home, he's coming all day. He says these words.
0: Ew, that it's is a,
1: shocking. It was. The video, and it's got like a really gross kind of jazz uh, saxophone solo in it too. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Kenny G. I'm happy for you that you're not alone in your um, well, workout
0: you know, feelings. Uh, I do have, I've always felt like I have a lot in common with the Schwarzenegger. So mm, people say that about you a lot.
1: <sighs> okay, so
0: if you want more best friends, mm-mm. I know the you name of this podcast. You want more best friends, you go out and get it. If you want more best friends, that's on you. If you want more of my best friend's journal, you can find us online on all social media at MBFJ Podcast. Not all. The young kids are using something called TikTok
1: these days. They use lots of shit. I feel, I feel like we have crossed that threshold where we no longer... Curmudgeonly can, old men. Yeah, we can't relate to the youth anymore. There's things we just don't get. Yeah, it's because you're a zaddy
0: these days. Um fuck you yeah. you can find us on instagram <laughs> facebook and twitter at mbfj podcast you can email us mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or visit our website mybestfriendsjournal.com and until next time always remember
1: should old acquaintance be forgot It's October. It's October. It's October. Okay, bye.